Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. This is our chance. This is the Wix. I mean, they're big news. This is our chance to put our crew on the map. Uh, standing in the midst of the disc uh, is actually uh, the slightly younger cousin to the other members of the Wicks, uh, Walton Wick. You had to find somebody to uh, round out your crew so that you could have four. Well, uh, that would be uh, a robotic entity that they had to rent. This is a Daibokin. It's pretty much a Digimon. Stump! Welcome back to the plane of Operablum. Trinity Park was built during a time when the corporations that govern Operablum got along a little better. You look good out there. I mean, not look good, but like you were, um, oh, geez, and she's just stammering. <laughs> I recognize my position as an asset of the Web Corporation. And his eyes fall to the barcode tattooed on the back of your neck. And then I receive my daily memory wipe, leaving me... Uh, with no memory of what happened today. You realize that you have a tool in your hands that can connect all of you, and you start to get the sense that what happened in Prismadia was just the beginning of something bigger. Everybody and welcome back to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Lena. I am your host and your Slugmaster, and with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole wide world. And they are going to introduce themselves to you now. I want you to tell our listeners uh, who you are, who your character is, and I want you to tell me about a time that you went somewhere you weren't supposed to be, or went somewhere where it really felt like you weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> Uh, I know we're not necessarily scaling them, but I'm going to give you the just the weakest one, but it is also a secret shame of mine. One of my many <laughs> life regrets it is a life regret. Um, when I was uh, in junior high, uh, some friends decided to climb the fire escape that is next to the big stairs that let you into Silver City in West Edmonton Mall. They're like, well, we're just going up there. We're going to go on the roof of the mall. And I was like, but you guys will get in trouble. So they did, and I just waited for them. Um, and it is like one of my deepest regrets in life that I didn't just go up there. They looked down on a conference hall. They found unhoused people hanging out there. It was a whole time, a whole grand adventure that I was not a part of. So um, that's Damn. that's the the place I've I've went that I wasn't supposed to was. Uh, <laughs> you didn't go where you weren't supposed to I, be. I didn't go at all. But that's just, I I've gone everywhere I shouldn't go ever since. Amazing. And, <laughs> and who are you? I am Liam, uh, and I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. Hi, my name is Glenna. I play Brinley. She is the guts playbook, and she has the gravity blaster. It's a gauntlet, and she's a, a flippy parkour girl. And um, I once went into... <laughs> the games workshop in Kingsway Mall. <laughs> and I have never felt so unwelcome in a store in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, is this a reference I'm missing? No, this was just a, a, a public establishment. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, just a bunch of dudes painting Warhammer minis and they all just looked at me. 
<laughs> and stared at me until I left. It was awful. Wow. <laughs> I'm Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robotic companion. Uh, and my my place not to be is is one that I didn't actually sort of go. I, <laughs> essentially, I had a friend who was house-sitting for someone else. And to get into this apartment, they needed a key and a fob. And they accidentally left the fob in the apartment. So they had the key to get in, but they couldn't get through the front door. So I had to help this friend, like, hoist and boost them up onto the balcony. It was like a second floor unit, so I had to, like, help get... It, it was a whole thing. And then they could use the key to get in through the balcony door. So <laughs> we broke into the apartment so they could get the fob back. But they were already in the apartment by that point. So it was it was a thing, and it was very fun. It felt great because it was in the middle of the night and very, very... uh Not a thing that you probably should look like you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, my name is Robin, and I am playing Maybelline Zandross, the Grit Playbook with the Photonic Jacket. She's uh, uh, a member of the uh, Arborists, the multidimensional monk order. Um, but is there more to that? We'll find out. Maybe. Probably. That's how shows work. Uh, and the time that I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, one time my cousin and I at a family reunion uh, swam across the entirety of the Shoe Swap Lake. Um, because we decided that we wanted to, and it didn't look like it was that far. Um, and we told his dad, my uncle, when we were leaving, he was like, where are you off to? And we were like, going to go swim across the lake. And he was like, ha, okay. Uh, and then <laughs> they later on in the evening had to send out a search party for us because, uh, they, he didn't think that we were stupid enough to actually try it. Um, so they like sent out boats. Meanwhile, we were on the other side of the lake having a great day and we're halfway back across swimming home when the search party boat found us. So <laughs> anyway. Oh, glad you're alive. <laughs> we told him. <laughs> so it's all fine. You, yeah, absolutely. That's on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is David Ray, and I'm playing Trev Four, uh, uh, the Heart Playbook, and uh, Trev Four has the Hyper Optic Visor. And uh, uh, one place I, I was that I shouldn't have been was uh, when I was growing up in Mendoza. Uh, there was always this shortcut to get to the school where you just cross the tracks and everybody did it. But one day, some person just like, hey, you can't do this. This is a, like illegal or something. I don't know. And uh, and he yelled at me and I was so embarrassed <laughs> in front of this person I didn't. No. And I like he shamed me to go like, OK, go, cross at the crossing. And it added f four minutes to my no. daily walk. And I for, I remember for the following like couple of days, I was just like reliving that moment. And like, <laughs> oh, man, I should have said this to that guy. That would have really, <laughs> that would have really shown that adult uh yeah. what are you doing <laughs> you can't cross here i don't know um but yeah that lives uh, with me to this day that's the only time i've been caught uh trespassing <laughs> the only time you've been caught wink uh and as i mentioned my name is lena i am your host and slug master uh and i do not like haunted houses i do not like them at all uh and one time i went through a haunted house and at the end there was someone standing there with a uh, toothless chainsaw going ring 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 and you had to run past <laughs> them 
to finish the haunted house and be uh, done. And I uh, full on bolted into the other direction and into the cornfield. Um, and I am still there to this day, um, as is the GM tradition of recording in an open field. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last, when last we left our heroes, uh, you, uh, had played a game of Quantum Conqueror against the Wicks, uh, who had recruited their cousin Walt because they insisted it had to be a four versus four match. They insisted. Um, a uh, great time was had by all. There was some, like, minor inconvenience with a glass hopper, uh, but y'all dealt with that and went your separate ways to the other, the three corporate megatowers with the, the future of the five of you still uncertain. Um, and we're gonna find out what that future holds. Let's play some Slug Blaster. Yeah, yeah. In Kindred Multiversal Megatower, everything is new. Resident operablins wear flashy outfits that look freshly plucked off of store mannequins, formulaic pop songs literally get 15 minutes of fame, and last year's phone model is widely considered vintage, in a bad way. <laughs> this makes the repurposed robotic personnel division on floor 221 a pretty unpopular place to visit. Inside the shop, the lighting is a harsh yellow that never changes with the shifts, and the smells of oil and cleaning product linger in the air. Every square inch of wall is completely covered with old tech, and metal shelves held together with zip ties turn the floor into a maze of aisles, crammed with hard drives, mini-bots, computer parts, and old VR rigs. A vending machine sits in the corner, annoyed that nobody can seem to figure out if it's for sale, or just a vending machine. <laughs> On the far side of the shop, a sign simply labeled Rentals hangs over a cluttered counter, and a smiling robot with the insignia BR-8N stands on the other side. The front door opens, and a motion sensor dings and says, Welcome, as Walton Wick steps into the shop. Uh, uh, hello? Hello, welcome to the repurposed robotic personnel division. I am Brayton, the Brake Response 8 Neurobot. Oh. Hi there. Um, the manager is currently on break, and hence I am here. Oh, well, are you able to, to still do transactions and things then? I can conduct any activities that the manager can do, but without the authority of owning the shop. But maybe if I persevere, I can get there one day. <laughs> hey, Brayden! Brayden, is that a customer out there? <laughs> Yes, but don't worry. You, you can. You're gonna handle it, right? You can finish your allotted break. I told you, you're authorized to do anything that I I can do, without the authority of owning the shop, though. But maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. Thank you for your confidence in me. All right, handle it, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a nice place to work. It's a living. <laughs> 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 How can I help you today? Well, actually, I was... I'm trying to find... Uh, th th there's a certain... There's a certain robot that I was hoping I might be able to rent? Uh, yes, you will have to be more specific, as the Repurposed Robotic Personnel Division specializes in renting out repurposed robotic personnel. Yes, yeah, um... I... I it's just I, I didn't actually rent it before I... I I'm pretty sure it was a Trev unit. Ah, uh, yes. The Trev 4 unit. Yeah, that's it. 
please stand by. Uh, and abruptly, uh, Brayton, uh, like, reverses, pivots a hard 90 degrees, and then just, like, zips into the back. <laughs> uh, and a few moments later, uh, zips back out, pivots 90 degrees to face the counter square on, uh, and emerging out from behind him is uh, the robot that you recognize uh, from Prismatia, Trev 4. And uh, Trev 4 uh, has, like, on his display, like, uh, uh, that digital... Uh, face. He doesn't have uh, a, a traditional face. It's all pixels, and but he has a bright smile, clearly plastered across it, and uh, approaches the desk and says, Hello, I am Trevor. How may I assist you? Hey, hey, great to see you. I, I don't know if you remember. I, I, I'm Walt. I was, I was over at the well, that meet up the other day. I do not recall. I've only been awake for 15 minutes. Oh, a bit, bit of a slow riser. I, I get that. I'm there sometimes, too. <laughs> Indeed. Is there a way I can help you today? Well, I was hoping I might be able to, to, to rent you for the day. I, I've got some uh, errands that I need some help running. <laughs> oh, that sounds Fantastic. I would love to help you with your air hands. <laughs> awesome. So, Trevor, you're here with me, uh, if that's all right with you, Brayden. Uh, yes, you say you have not rented him before, and uh, Brayden takes you through uh, just all the like processes of, of renting uh, Trev for. Uh, you get him until the next, uh, if it's the light shift, it's the until the next light shift, um, and and Trev for will be like programmed to return back to the personnel shop. All of that is squared up, uh, and and like the paperwork is conveniently handled in a time skip. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that should be the. 76th initial you needed. <laughs> Thank you very much. Enjoy your rental of your Trev 4 unit. Thanks, and you enjoy the rest of this break time. You're doing great. I will. My 15 minutes of shift is hard work, but it is worth it. Trev 4 uh, comes from around behind the desk uh, to stand in front of you, and he kind of stands there in a neutral pose waiting to... Uh, you know, receive instructions, uh, but he's got that wide grin on his face. What are we doing today? How may I make you more productive? Um, with that, I think Walt starts sort of uh, walking out of the shop with hopefully Trevor in tow. Yeah, yeah, you, you make your way out onto the streets. Um, you're pretty low down, um, so I'm not sure if you would want to get like necessarily higher up to Kindred. I guess it depends on where Wilton Wick is going. Um, but down low in uh, Kindred, I would say it's like you see a lot of the older sort of tech, I think. Um, everything up on, like, the higher the floors get, you know, the brighter the colors, the sharper the resolution, uh, the trendier the outfits. Um, and this is one of the floors where there's, like, yeah, thrift shops, older model robots, and just generally anything that's, like, not even old, just not the newest thing, you know? If I may, I think we find it's almost like a, li a really small little gated off park area in this that sits, like, just outside of a... It's, it's trying to emulate a park, but it's really just, like, a couple of picnic tables and some holographic trees. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trees, like, tend to, to flicker a little bit and, like 
one of them is like has green leaves and one of them is just like bare bright like they can't decide what season it's supposed to be they're just like ah here's a couple of like renderings of trees uh this will do (laughs) one of them is static in the shape of a tree but it's just like snow like you'd find on a tv that's on the wrong channel (laughs) yes (laughs) i think that uh, the two of us will sort of sit down at one of the little uh, almost cafe tables. Maybe it's next to some other robots playing chess or something. Uh, every match takes uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know you were saying you didn't quite remember me. Uh, my name is Walt again, by the way. But um, I was wondering if you might still remember the the, the other people who had rented you out for, for that game of Quantum Conqueror the other day in Frismadia. Uh, let me check my records. And I do a, uh, you know, like his eyes kind of like disappear into uh, <laughs> question marks, digital question marks on his uh, face. Uh, Lena, uh, do I recall anything? Is there like, do I have access to records of who rented me and would I be allowed to use them and stuff like that? Ooh, ooh boy. As we've previously established, you do get memory wiped whenever mm-hmm. you return back to the shop. And I think in amongst those routine wipes, uh, there would probably be, um, you know, any like logs or anything like that. Cause I could see that potentially creating a conflict of interest. If you happen to know if someone has rented you on a recurring basis or anything like that. Um, right. They want to prevent any sort of like bias. Yeah. Let's maybe get a roll. Okay. Treat it kind of like a fortune roll. Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to be like complete success, mixed success, failure with complications, but just like the higher you roll, the, the more I'll give you. Okay. Um. <laughs> I rolled a one. Okay. <laughs> so it's Fully just... Fully wiped. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this. All you can think about when you think about, like, what Walt might be talking about is, like, bright light, and that doesn't make any sense. There's no context to it. I cannot recall a individual who has rented me. I just see a bright light. Wait, like, not at all? I I was really hoping you might be my, well, honestly, my, my biggest lead to finding the others. <laughs> I am sorry that I cannot tell you what you wanted to know. I have uh, daily memory wipes that take away my memory. But perhaps I can help you find the people that you are looking for. Yeah, that, that, that might work too. Excellent. I am very happy that I can help you in this task. Now, uh, Walt, you do have a rough idea of how you could at least start finding each of the other um, members of the crew that you had uh, played Quantum Conqueror with the other day. Um, You were hoping that you would get a more solid lead from Trev 4, but that doesn't seem to be the Mm -hmm. case. Um, But your cousins, the the Wicks, um, gave you a little phone upgrade um, on that day after Prismadia. Um, opening up your phone to have access not only to more within the Kindred network, uh, because the higher you get on Kindred, the more exclusive things become. Now you can sort of access those upper floor networks, but even beyond that, you could access the networks of the other towers. Um, 
and you have like a little lead for each of the others. So you may not know exactly where to find Brinley, Maeve, or Helix, but you at least have a starting point for each of them. All right, well, this isn't the clearest lead I was hoping for, but, mm-hmm. you know, I I think we can still have a good shot if, if I've got you helping me out, Trev. So uh, we seem to be more on the webward side of Kindred right now, so let's see if we can look up this old pinnacle project. Excellent. I will help you definitely. Uh, who are we looking for? Uh, and, uh, Walt, as you fill Trev for in on your mission uh, for the day, uh, we're going to cut away and go to the other three heroes. Brinley and Maveline, you are at Trinity Municipark on floor 198, waiting among the empty concrete planters for your third team member to arrive. Just like every other crew rendezvous, you can only hope that Helix received the message Brinley sent out. Working at Post Host gives Brinley the unique opportunity to send messages to other towers, but there are a couple of hoops to jump through. The first is that you have to know exactly where the message is going. Contact data between the towers was recently scrambled when they isolated from each other. You managed to get Helix's contact information after the scramble, so he is the only person in another tower that you can reach using Post Host's superior communication technology. The second hoop is that special care has to be taken to ensure that these clandestine messages don't get discovered by Post Host. You can send messages to Helix and delete them from the servers once they're sent, but it's far too risky for him to respond. Fortunately, Helix has proven reliable more often than not, and this time is no different as you see him appear from behind the fountain column. Salutations, friends. Hey, Helix. Nice to see you, man. Uh, Maeve is, uh, like, while we've been waiting, has been grinding her hoverboard around the lip of one of the, like, empty enclosures that used to have, like, uh, plants in it or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. and using her photonic jacket to kind of stabilize so that she can, like, keep her balance and grind for longer. And I think Helix emerging uh, trips her up. She stumbles and, and, and biffs it a little bit, but, like... Kind of is that thing where, like, she clearly fell, but also, like, steps through it and tries to play it off like she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, Helix, how's it going? Uh, splendid. I'm glad to be here. What's on the itinerary for today? Well, uh, Maeve and I were talking, and we were thinking that 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 Walt guy was pretty gridge, and we think it might be cool to invite him to join our team. Yeah, I, uh... I, I agree with Bryn. I mean, I think she's got a really good idea there. You know, I mean, I, I didn't have a uh, a strong opinion about about what one way or the other, really. But uh, but Bryn seems to think he'd be a good addition, and I I tend to agree. I I suppose the only uh, potential drawback to including him in our activities would be that uh, you know he resides in uh, Kindred, whereas uh, you two can uh, touch base in in Lansden. We seem to establish the route of communication to me and Webb, but uh, do we really want to bring a third tower into this uh, uh, clandestine, clandestine affair? See, I don't understand a lot about this, and maybe it's because I'm still new to this whole plane, really. I mean, I, I you know, back where I'm from, there weren't weren't these, you know, towers and corporations and factions, but, you know, I, I, I just 
don't seem to get it. I mean, when, when we're together, he just seems like a regular, regular guy. Same as, same as you, Helix. Like, you're not, you're not from our tower, but, you know, you seem normal enough. I, I, I don't really understand what all the, all the conflict is here. It's not particularly complicated. The powers that be are, uh, find themselves in a situation where, uh, destruction is mutually assured. Um, because there are three at play, if any one uh, tips their hand, uh, the the others will uh, be able to gang up on them, and then it becomes a, an equal all-out war. It, so it's in no favor of any of the towers to uh, completely go hostile to one another, but uh, they also um, find the idea of cooperating uh, absolutely egregious. And so uh, tensions are high, and yet uh, co- cooperation happens when it needs to. Uh, and mostly they pass on a lot of that to uh, the the lower towers, making communication difficult between buildings, uh, among other needless, contrived uh, obstacles. We went off-world, though. Like, is that really going to stop us pulling in another tower? Yeah, it all kind of seems... I mean, those sort of disputes seem small when you've literally walked outside of your own reality. I I just... I get that there's structures at play, but, but that seems like... The man's problem, not ours. Please, please don't misunderstand. I was just simply pointing out one of the potential uh, drawbacks um, running a simple cost-benefit analysis. Overall, I'm enthusiastic about the idea of including uh, that individual in our party. Yeah, you are. Plus, that's that's the whole thing we're doing, right? We're getting getting the Wix cousin on our crew. That's bound to stir up some buzz. And then and then when they find out we're from three different towers, that's, that's the kind of controversy that's going to put us right on the map. I think, if anything, it's a strength. Agreed. All right, but that just leaves the question of how do we find him? Well, I mean, there was that robot you rented last time, right? He's got to have the whole run stored in his databanks. Maybe if we go back and comb through his footage that he took, that we'll we'll find a, you know, some some sort of a lead, something that he said when we weren't listening, or something on his on his uh, person. Not that I was, you know, looking at his body or anything but like maybe he's wearing something that would give us a or something he said i I don't know a clue of some kind uh his name was walton correct yeah Yeah, that's right yeah before we do any of that why don't we try this and then helix just like we're kind of you said we're yeah he's just gonna yell he's gonna throw both of his (laughs) fists down throw his head to the sky and yell walton's name uh as loudly as he can uh, after taking a deep breath Hey, Walden! Uh, your voice echoes out. Like, there's so many resonant surfaces here in Trinity Municipal Park between the fact that there are all of these empty planters and also the fact that it's like an open-air skyway. Your voice actually, like, kind of bounces off of the three walls of the mega towers themselves. Um, and nobody, nobody answers. <laughs> yeah, and he, he wasn't expecting to. Uh, he, was, he was looking to achieve two things there. One, yelling stuff is just a rush. Uh, and two, uh, as the two of them, I assume, look at him in some disbelief. He's like, "I, I don't think he's coming." Uh, he was just doing a bit. He was, he was. That, that's his version of a joke. Let's. I like your idea very much. Uh, let's try that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were the one that signed him out last time, so you're gonna have to sort of take point on this if that's all right. 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 Um, well, uh, let's uh, head back to the the place where I rented him from. Lead the way. All right. The three of you uh, uh, make your way towards the uh, Kindred entrance uh, towards Zenith 98 Hub, the abandoned Mega Mall on floor 198. Um, 
to make your way to the repurposed robotic personnel division. Uh, this is an area that Helix is uh, familiar with. Uh, it is quite low in the towers and it is very web adjacent. Um, and if Kindred shut down from web entirely, that place would lose like half its clientele. So they don't <laughs> mind people occasionally sneaking in from the web tower to inquire and do some clandestine business. So the three of you make your way to the repurposed robotic personnel division in Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower. Um, so you step through the door, uh, you're immediately greeted by the harsh yellow light, the smell of oil, and a ding, and welcome. Uh, as you all walk through, uh, a smiling robot with the insignia BR8N uh, is uh, standing behind the counter. Um, yeah, as we walk in, I think Helix was sort of mid-sentence. Like, I mean, this is the the absurdity of the these towers. It down here on the lower levels, physical travel between them uh, hardly an issue. Uh, but down here, it's the most difficult to send communications. Uh, it's one of the many hypocrisies of these. Um, mega corporations it's it's absurd uh, Maeve, I'm, I'm telling you it's absurd yeah no I've, uh, no arguments here uh, you, you guys seem like you got it all kinds of backwards uh, but it does allow us the opportunity to visit uh fine establishments such as this and he holds the like is it maybe like beaded like a beaded curtain for a door <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> beaded curtain but made of lug nuts and bolts and like little Sweet. little uh like washers yeah. <laughs> um he he sort of holds it open and and uh, ushers the the two of you through Welcome. <laughs> Maeve is uh, wandering through the, the shelves because you described this like a bunch of zip tied together like metal shelving units. And mm -hmm. she's like glancing around as though she's going to see Trev 4 like just sitting crisscross applesauce on one of the shelves. It's just kind of like, <laughs> is it is he out here? So are we supposed to? Because uh, she's never yeah. been here before. She doesn't know how it works. <laughs> and yeah, I think on the main sort of sales floor it's not really the case although there is one wall that is just like robot body parts and it like looks pretty grisly um but for the most part it's all like computer parts and like uh uh power gauntlets and an annoyed looking vending machine in the corner um you do see and like i think you have a moment where you're like wait hang on a second because you actually see uh, like the top of someone's head and like two big blue operablen eyes looking at you. Um, it's not Walt. Um, and then whoever it is just like quickly ducks behind whatever shelf uh, they were looking at. Ooh, Maeve is intrigued by this. Um, we could we could follow Helix up to the counter, but Maeve's gonna uh, Maeve's attention has been drawn to this stranger. Welcome to the repurposed robotic personnel division. I am Brayton, break response eight neurobot. How may I help you today? Rental request for Helix Pinnacle, uh, and he's gonna do all of these transactions in like short declarative sentences because he understands it's an interface um, and all your fluff and all the like. How can I help you? He's just like, no, I'm I'm inputting into a computer, uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Brayden maybe picks up on this and just immediately is like, bing, uh, and like a little like a fan kicks on. He's like, Helix Pinnacle, rental history, Trev for unit, no other rentals, note listed. Uh, Re-rent. Unavailable. Uh, um, request e uh, ETA of return. Trev 4 unit has been rented for three shifts. Expected return next light shift. Rental user identification. 
that's got to be classified, right? I, I put down so many signatures. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to, as as Brayton, Brayton's fan kicks on, uh, Lena, the GM, is wondering if you should get that, and I don't think so. Uh, uh, Brayton's fan kicks on again, uh, and, and it goes... Um, uh, classified information. Please provide verification. I, he like shrugs. He's like, I don't have verification. He's like, um. Oh, uh, oh, um. <clears throat> there is a, uh, sorry, <clears throat> delivery for Trev 4? <laughs> delivery for Trev 4, you say? Yeah, totally. Um, I need to deliver this. <laughs> <laughs> make a roll make a roll super quick yeah um i'm gonna try i'm gonna try and and like sleight of hand like a computer part from just like at like not even looking just like picking up something from my from my waist height can i help can i just sort of like thumbs up this this lie and, and like it I forget if, if in this new edition, if there's the sort of the equivalent of a help action. I mean, I think the equivalent of a help action is offering booster kick, if that's a thing you want to do. Oh, right. I would like to offer a die, because um, I established that I'm over in the shelves. So I'm thinking, uh, I and, and I've got four hands, uh, so I want to toss something off a shelf nearby to Bryn discreetly, uh, so that she can just catch it and hold it up like it was always in her hand. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Mine, oh, mine's yeah. just emotional support. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. In that case, I'll roll with 2d6. Thank you, Maeve. Okay. Great. Uh, it's a five. It's a five. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mix this. Sure. Uh, 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 Maeve, uh, Bryn, uh, what, what is tossed in this? What, what item are you presenting as a special delivery for Trev 4? I'm going to say it's like... Somewhat conceivable that it could be for Trev, but not a hundred percent. Um, it's like a cable that would like plug into one of the inputs that Trev has on him, but it's like a ta- like from that, it's a tangle of cables uh, with a bunch of other connectors. It's like an adapter where, like, if you okay. were trying to plug Trev into a European outlet. Um, this has that plus <laughs> seven other things that you could plug him into. Um. And, like, maybe it doesn't even have one that fits Trev, but there's enough different outputs on it that it's conceivable that maybe one of these fits into Trev. <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, Bryn, you uh, uh, hold up this uh, messy-looking adapter, um, and Brayden says, Ah, yes, a delivery for Trev 4. Thank you very much. I will accept. From whom is this delivery, please? Uh, it was... It was filed with Post Host's secret admirer program. <laughs> Post Host in Lansden Tower? Uh, yeah, we do inter tower deliveries now. Braden's fan kicks on as, as uh, it tries to process the ramifications of such a statement. Uh, cross tower deliveries through Post Host. I see. Uh, uh, it, it sets it down and then starts like typing. Um, on, like, its little register computer. Um, and then, like, uh, abruptly, like, the equivalent of looking up, but it's just its its whole torso just, like, jerking upright from its typing position. Um, and uh, Brayden says, I can verify at this time that Trev4 is currently in Web Corporation Mega Tower. 
Oh. And has been on rent as of 20 minutes ago. Oh, radical. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Gridge, I should say. <laughs> yes, it is very Gridge. Uh, I want to go to Maybelline. Uh, you, uh, round the corner after expertly tossing this, uh, adapter to Brinley to help with her cover-up, uh, to see this, like, young-ish looking operablem boy. Uh, he's wearing, a, like, a sideways ball cap, but, like, the brim is detached from the body of the hat, uh, <laughs> much in the way that Walton's tie is segmented. How does it work? Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> the um, power of fashion. And and he looks up at you with his, like, uh, yeah, he's just got these, like, big blue operablem eyes, and something that catches you off guard is he's, like, kind of low-key... Uh, like kicking around on a little hoverboard, like not actually like riding it through the shop, but like one foot on it. And then the other one is kind of like lazily sort of kicking him along and wrapped around his neck. Um, at first you're like, God, the scarves in Kindred are weird, but then you realize it is not a scarf at all. It is a creature, uh, a, a serpentine, uh, like blue and red uh, uh, snake uh, with, like, big black beady eyes and, like, little ridges like what uh, lizards sometimes have. Um, and it's just, like, casually draped over this kid's shoulders and kind of looking around. Ooh. And sorry, this looks like like a, an animal, or does it have... Um, just the, the last time I encountered anything like this was when we were in Prismadia... Uh, with Walton, does it does it have that same sort of glowy hard light construct quality, or is it like it's it's a lizard? Uh, because you're looking for it, I will tell you that it has that same glowy quality that uh, Walton's own Scampykin uh, possessed. Uh, very cool. Um, and you said this kid kind of peeked out around a, a shelf and then sort of ducked away, right? Yeah. And so you like round the corner and he's not like trying to hide from you or anything. He's he's just on the shelf and, and he just kind of looks at you and goes like, huh, what? Uh, I think Maeve is like aware that that this kid seems a little bit like skittish and doesn't want to want to scare him off because it seems like it might be a lead. Um, so she's going to use her uh, photonic jacket. Um, the main function of it is just to uh, display colors, patterns and images on on the surface of the jacket. Um, so I think she just kind of dials something in on sort of her cuff of the, of her, uh, arborist robe. Uh, and she goes, uh, uh, nice hat, kid, dig the style. And she's just going to dial her jacket to have like a similar effect where like there's the main jacket part and then the sleeves are like segmented off into several chunks, um, kind of like Walt's tie or this kid's hat. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, and just try to get a, a smile out of this kid and, and like show him that we're, we're not scary or, or anything to run away from. Uh, so she dials this in and is like, what do you think? Whoa, that's so cool. Am I pulling it off? Uh, yeah, it looks great. You were able to do that with just with your own jacket? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a photonic, it, it doesn't matter. Listen, um, that's a, that's a cool little, little guy you got there. What's, uh, what's the deal with that? Oh, this is Adderkin. It's my boa constrictor. <laughs> Adderkin, huh? Yeah, Adderkin, and it goes like, (laughs) 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 You don't want another take of that? That's that's what it sounds like? Okay. (laughs) No, I'm committing. (laughs) We can't edit this, right? (laughs) 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 Slurr. 
Maeve looks at him and she's going to try and, and uh, impress him here and be like, now is that, I, I might be wrong because I, I, you know, I'm not from around here and I might not be as, as hip, but uh, is that one of those uh, Daibokin? Oh, uh, yeah, of course it's a Daibokin because, uh, it, yeah, it, uh, what else could it, uh, it's it's obviously a Daibokin. Do you know Daibokin? Do you have a Daibokin? <laughs> Oh me? No, I'm I'm not I'm not gridge enough to have one of them, but uh but I've seen them uh, around before and I think they're pretty uh Yeah, you should get one because they're really cool. And I'm just here to pick up a slush regulator for my Daibokin so that uh we have an easier time hoverboarding for the race that's later. There's a race happening later today? Yeah, today, like right away, pretty much. It's on floor three four and I'm gonna take Adderkin and I'm gonna win the race so that I can get an upgrade and upgrade Adderkin to the next level. And that's that's happening this shift, like, right away here. Yeah, this shift is going to happen. I just wanted to get the regulator so that I had a faster hoverboard and faster than all the other kids because uh, it's in, like, part of the open area of Kindred Mega Tower. Uh, and he just keeps talking for a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 all great. Very, very, uh, yeah, listen. Uh, you ever seen... Uh, you ever seen this Daibokin? And she wants to fiddle with her cuff there again and is going to try and, like... Make the image of uh, Walt's uh, little robotic companion there, Scampykin, show up on. She like turns around to to give a bigger canvas on the back of her robe there. Um, I don't think it's fair to say that I like took a picture of mm-hmm. uh, Scampykin at any point, and I also don't think that this jacket is like magic. It can't just conjure up like photorealistic images. So I think it's a very crude. Uh, like kind of finger painted or stick draw, like hurried stick drawing <laughs> of Scampykin that I display, but I try and do my best. Do you want me to roll for it? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and roll for it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you just rolling one die? <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, it's a four. I draw a four's worth of Scampykin. <laughs> you draw a four's worth of Scampykin. Um. Uh. <laughs> Why did I make you roll? Um, <laughs> uh, kids like, uh, I don't. Um, if that's a Daibokin, I don't know um, which one that is. Um, but also, I don't know if it's. It looks kind of like hazy. Um, at, like, like maybe you were meant to like take a picture of it, but then you were distracted by something else or something. Yeah, well, listen, you tried drawing something on a coat, kid. It's not easy. Well, I can try. Let me try. And he like reaches out his fingers, and you you don't know where his hands have been. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's okay. And she like clears the image and is like, ah, it's uh, it's out of uh, it's uh, ba- low battery. I can't do any more on it. Uh, well, <laughs> that's if, the energy if, of like a kid asking if you have any games on your phone. <laughs> don't touch my but, jacket. <laughs> if you're looking for the Daibokin, then uh, you should also compete in the race because then you can get the stuff that you need to get uh, whatever th- whatever weird drawing that was. And then you'll actually maybe be cool, maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've been you've been very helpful. Thank you. So what was your name, kid? Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice meeting you, Bradley. Uh, Sagridge. Uh, and she goes to join her uh, her compatriots there. Well, uh, it was only rented 20 minutes ago. I don't know if that qualifies as a, as a hot lead or a cold one, but, well, perhaps if we head back into Web Tower, um, I certainly know my way around the uh, user interface of the tower systems there. Um, perhaps we can track them with some kind of cameras or motion sensors. I mean, maybe, but 
it depends on how visible they're being and and even when we find him what like i i, I know he was our our best lead before but what, what are we gonna say to whoever's rented him hey sorry uh you paid for this robot but we need to borrow him super quick to look through his memory banks like that uh, I, I don't know how that's gonna go for us i think Listen, I was talking to this kid Bradley over there. He's he's pretty gridge. And uh and I, I think I might have a line on where we could find Walton. Go on. Uh well there's a there's a big race uh that's uh being put on by the Dibokin people. The you know, the little uh little fella that uh that Walton had there with him that his board could like turn into a thing and then the thing tur- had another thing that came out of the thing. You remember that? It was yeah, a little the- little fish guy or something, right? Yeah, it was a crustacean, I believe. Well, Okay, apparently everyone else remembers exactly what this thing looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that thing. Um, the the company that makes those is putting on a big race, and the prize is an upgrade. And and uh, listen, we only met Walt for a little while, but that that really sounds like his kind of thing to me. I th- I feel like if there's anywhere we're gonna run into him, it's probably at a big Dibokin race convention, whatnot. I don't know. That's my vote. Uh, a sound assumption. I, I upon reflecting uh, on my suggestion to go uh, harangue whoever rented him. Uh, you, you, you're correct. Yeah, the, the, probably our best lead. Bryn, what do you think? Well, I do have to give this delivery to Trev Four, so maybe I'll head on over to Web, test out my uh, <laughs> new intertower delivery service, and meet you back later. Bryn, that was. That was a lie, right? You know that that's Yeah, that not... was, it was my understanding you were bluffing. Did you really have a package for Trip 4? <laughs> you, you know we made that up, right, Brent? I threw that to you. It's, you can't oh, start with a lie. I was backing you it. up. It was his guest handing you. I lied so good, I fooled myself. Oh, man. <laughs> Brent, no one is paying you for this. And if you leave here with that bundle of cables, you have stolen it from this shop. <laughs> Right. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) This just in. Brinley's really dumb. Okay. (laughs) Well, all right. Let's go to the race then, I I guess. Where was this uh, Dibokin convention? Ooh, uh... He said it was in one of the open parts. Uh, Is 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 Brapley still there? Oh, yeah, it's floor three, four is where you register to get in the the race. Four, three, four, what tower? What? What tower? What are you talking about? What other tower could it be? It's the Kindred Tower. We're a tower. <laughs> Bradley gives Helix a lot of shit for that. Come on, Helix. Jeez. <laughs> right, because they're the right. Okay. You're making us look like tourists. Come on, man. Maeve <laughs> uh, kind of like puts a hand on... on uh, Bryn's shoulder and another on Helix's and kind of like gives them both looks like come on guys what are we doing here and like leads them out of the shop and is like, are there, are there a, a hand on every shoulder all four of our shoulders I guess yeah because I've got the four hands <laughs> shepherds them out with a hand on each shoulder of each crewmate hello 
beloved listeners, it's me, Lena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster, coming in to thank you so, so much for listening. If you're enjoying Season 2 so far, please leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice. It would mean the world to us. Also, please recommend the show to anyone that you think would like it. They don't have to listen to Season 1, although it can't hurt. It's a great season. But yeah, they can jump right in on Season 2. Slug Blaster the Game is officially available for purchase. You can get the book, form a crew, and kick your tabletop gaming experience into nth gear. The link to the Slug Blaster store is in the show notes of this episode. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content, such as our extensive Session Zero, where we go into all of the world and characters and crew uh, of this new season. That is patreon.com slash quantum kickflip. I would also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. You can check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who have a ton of amazing locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so you can catch the next chapter of this adventure on Wednesday, November 2nd. All right, we're going to get you back to the action, but first, here's Brabley with a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, what's up? It's Brabley. Uh, I really like Dibokin, and my Dibokin is here, Adderkin. Adderkin, say hi. <laughs> yeah, good job, Adderkin. All right, so I have some words from the sponsors. This episode of Quantum Kickflip is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. It's so important to have people in your life that have your back. Right, Adderkin? This episode of Quantum Kickflip is also brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. Here's some words from Connect First Credit Union. Welcome to Super Typical Megabank. How can we disappoint you today? Hi, I'd like to open an account. May I pressure you into considering a pro-disadvantage, high-regret, impersonal, everyday inconvenience savings plan with added compounding confusion at no additional discount or apology? It's one of our top disappointers. I feel so... Disappointed? Yeah. Another unsatisfied customer. Next! If your bank makes you feel like this, it's time you talk to us. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future. Aw, oh, cool! They shouted out Super Typical Mega Bank. That's my bank! <laughs> oh, it's such a bad bank. It's so bad. Yeah, you said it, Adderkin. Anyway, you should go back to the episode now. Bye! The Three Towers of Operablum are the only habitable spaces in the entire dimension. Everywhere else has been suffocated by the toxic fog that penetrates even breath masks, even standard issue hasware. From an outside perspective, the towers may appear to be identical, but in truth, they could not be more different. 
for each tower has its own philosophy for its survival. The philosophy of Web Corporation Megatower is adaptation. Web's ultimate goal is to find ways to adjust to life on Operablum. The belief is that the fog will only continue to rise and cannot be stopped, and the best way to survive is to adapt to the environment instead of forcing it to adapt to you. Web values resilience, strength, and self-improvement. At best, representatives of Web are generous, steadfast, and resourceful. At worst, they are stubborn, aggressive, and pessimistic. Wolt and Trev 4. You are currently in Web Tower trying to make sense of the elevator network. In Kindra Multiversal, you could take the same hyperlift as high as you wanted if you had proper clearance, or as low as you wanted if you had a death wish. Kindred hyperlifts are strategically placed in high-traffic areas and have convenient numbered touchpads and voice-activated software. In web, the elevators are about as intuitive as the rest of the tower's layout, in that they really aren't. Web Corporation is like a hybrid of the largest doctor's office with the most complex maze. The hallways and staircases go every which way without ever appearing to meet, leading to opaque doors and running alongside frosted glass windows. Meanwhile, the elevators are plentiful but short distance. You have yet to find one that goes higher than 50 floors. To make things even more complicated, some of the elevators are simply inaccessible to you. Instead of call buttons, they have little glass panels that flash red when you try to touch them. So, Wolt and Trev4, you are making your way through Web Tower trying to find Helix, and I think I actually want to start with a roll to see how well you can navigate this tower. I think it's fair to say that neither of you really knows how to navigate this place. It's nothing like Kindred. So yeah, I just want to start with a roll to see, just to see how well you do. Yeah, are we sort of wanting this as like a team roll? I think a team roll might make sense. One roll to determine how well you succeed or fail. You can, of course... Share resources. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I almost feel like since Walt was the one who uh, chose to rent out Trevor and is kind of looking, I'd, I'd be happy to take the role to sort of like lead us through if, if you have anything to add to help with that. And then that way you can roll your 2d6. <laughs> uh, maybe. I was going to say. Maybe it's because of my attitude bonus. <laughs> the maybe guy with not. two dice wants Ooh. to take the role. Huh? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I, I feel I could also help with this role with my omniscience aperture that allows me to see through walls into objects and all around me. Um, so maybe I'll give you an extra die from my uh, hyperoptic visor. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can use that to, to help. Sure, sure. So I'll roll mm-hmm. 3d6 on this. That's a six. Amazing. That is a complete success. Uh, So you are going to be able to get where you want to go. In fact, what I'm going to say is you found this uh, network of elevators that actually runs up the direct center of Web Tower. It's kind of reminiscent of a spinal column because it also like... Like I said, they don't go all the way up, right? So, you know, hallways are like branching out from where these elevators stop and then you just, like, jog over, like, I don't know, 20 degrees on this circle, and you're in another elevator, and you're going up. Um, But you are, uh, through this network, steadily making your way to floor 500, or floor 5. In looking through your phone and finding all of these new uh, sources of information, you discovered that Helix is a part of what's called the Pinnacle Project. Um, In looking into the Pinnacle Project more, uh, it was very sort of like 
vague speaking, you know, when politicians are like, we're going to make sure there's jobs and securing the economic future of blah, blah, blah. It very much had that sort of like vibe uh, to the website. Um, But uh, in looking a little bit deeper into it, you found that there was something called a Pinnacle Project Roundup on floor 500 of the web tower. Um, And we actually are just going to join you uh, in a hyperlift as it is ascending. And you just have a moment before the doors are open and you're going to be where you're trying to get to. Yeah, and then my Daibokin, he's he's kind of an AI. So I guess in a way you and he are kind of kindred in that that sort of way. I guess you are both kindred technology, but like you have some sort of connection on that (laughs) level, though he's Scampikin may not be quite as... uh, uh, quite as complex as you trip for. Well, it is uh, very nice to know that I have such a friend in your device. Uh, but let me assure you that even if you did not have your uh, Nabokin, I would help you regardless. Well, thanks. I, I really appreciate that. What's Scampikin doing during this conversation? I need to know. <laughs> Uh, well, he's still just in the Daibo vice, so he's he's sitting there and he has like there's a little pixelated dog bowl and he's eating uh, digital chow. <laughs> munch, 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 uh, uh, Trevor, and like while he was talking, uh, looks over and just like uh, tries to do that thing. You know, like w- when there's an animal in a cage and you just kind of like, oh, I'm wave my finger in front of it to try to like, get its attention. That's what Trevor is doing to this digital animal, just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to be able to help you find Helix at the Pinnacle Project. Uh, once again, please remember that I can be of any assistance. I am very good at making connections to people. Uh, if you would like to be entertained, uh, let me know. If you think that uh, they should be intimidated, I can stun them with my taser bolts. <laughs> well, hopefully we can do more of the first and, and less of the second, but... Uh, who, who knows? I'm, I've never really spent much time in web. You know, it's so hard to find good reasons to get over to other towers. They, even communication between them can be really tough. And that's really what, I guess, Trevor, that's what I'm hoping I can help them out with. I, I know the the rest of the people who entered you before, Helix, Maeve, Brindley, they, they're already a crew, but I think I really might be able to help them get in contact on, on an easier level. May I ask why you are looking for these fellows? If they are a part of another tower, uh, why is it so important for you? Ding! At this moment, the elevator doors open and you emerge on floor 500. <laughs> uh, so you you make your way through these hallways following the pin and it's, it's still a little bit tricky um, because... You know, sometimes you make your way down a hall and it seems like you got to turn down one way and then uh, the hallway leads you down in a direction that you kind of weren't anticipating and now the pin is getting further away and so then you kind of have to backtrack and take other ways. Um, Web really feels like the kind of tower where you have to know exactly where you're going. Um, It's not like Kindred where it's like, signs, directories, very open layout. Um, So you do get your six, you do get your complete success, but you still are kind of like feeling a bit bogged down by trying to get where you need to go. Uh, Additionally, I mean, 
with the towers not being in communication with each other right now, is it fair to say that the two of you are trying to keep a relatively low profile? Yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> fair I, enough. I, I feel Trevor would not understand such a concept. Uh, and also, you got to remember, Trevor is just painted in the colors of Kindred <laughs> and looks like a Kindred robot. So I don't know if that's actually possible even if he was trying. That is a really good point. Uh, you you folks, uh, like Trev, uh, I believe your omniscience aperture lets you like see through walls and stuff like that. Yes. So you've been able to see like silhouettes around corners and in other rooms and stuff. So that's also been part of your backtracking is you're about to round a corner and be like, there's a group of people, let's go the other way. Um, you have seen no other robotic entities here in web. You are the only one, you really distinctly stand out as a kindred unit. Uh, and Walt, uh, you're... Um, well, maybe we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but finally, at long last, you get to um, the pin on the address. Um, and where you're at is kind of like uh, sort of a large door, uh, opaque, like all the rest in this tower. Um, and Trev, for you can see with your omniscience aperture that the other side where the pin is on Walt's phone has several people in it. Um, maybe, uh, well, I suppose you would have an exact count. Let's say there's ten people in this room. All right, the pinnacle pin. I should warn you that there seems to be several people inside. Uh, I know that you are trying to keep a low profile. Would it be better for me to wait out here? Wait, several people? Like, like how many several? I count ten inside. If that seems to be too many people to handle, would you like me to go in and uh, uh, take them down with my taser bolts to reduce them to a more manageable number? Uh, no, no, no. That's uh, that's probably all right, Trev. I, I just wasn't expecting there to be such a large group. I, I was really hoping it would just be Helix, but... Picturing, like, weapon systems unfolding from Trev's body and then, like, slowly folding back up as well. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, and and th this is where I think Trevor sees an opportunity is kind of like analyzing, you know, with the intuition, uh, kind of gets a sense that maybe Walt is, you know, his confidence is a little shaken. And so, Walt, this may seem intimidating, but I believe that you are able to do this because with some know-how and some good perseverance, anybody can do anything to succeed. And I think you can succeed. All right, I, I'll just, I'll just knock on the door. Yeah, I'll just knock. I'll just knock, right? I'll just knock. I'll just knock on the door. I'll, I'll just, I'm knocking on the door. And Trev Ford turns and starts knocking on the door and uh, <laughs> then <laughs> rounds the corner and hides and like winks at uh, uh, Walton and then like... <laughs> little pixelated wink. Digital. Wink. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> But you're, but you're, you're gonna knock. <laughs> it seems the knock has occurred. <laughs> the knock has already happened. Trev is like, yes, happening. Trev Perfect. initiated a ding dong ditch, but did not let Walt ditch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as as you stand there haplessly figuring out what to do, uh, the door um, uh, pulls uh, open away from you, and someone uh, peeks out. And for a moment, you're struck by this feeling of like. 
oh, this person could be related to Helix. And then you're like, why? Why? She doesn't look anything like him. And then you realize it's there's like something in like her build, her face structure. You can't quite put your finger on it uh, until you realize that she is wearing a dark purple jumpsuit um, exactly like Helix. And her hair is brown and, like, pulled back in a, like, very tight, very uniform ponytail. And she gives you this really confused look, looks behind her shoulder, and then steps through the door and lets it close behind her and says, Can I help you? Uh, hey, I, uh, I like your jumpsuit. Um, I was, uh, well, I was looking for a, does, um... Maybe does there maybe here um, a, a he, helix pinnacle? She raises her eyebrow. Helix pinnacle. You're you are going to need to be more specific than that. Do you have a number, a barcode, a sequence? No, no I'm I'm just looking for a guy. <laughs> you are just looking for a guy. Well, I suppose there are. Hmm. This is strange. Are you looking for a specific guy? And, the, like, the word guy specifically just, like, says it confused. <laughs> well, I, I guess maybe you might more distinctly call him a man. He, he's very, <laughs> very built, very chiseled, athletic, uh, sick, um, tall, about, well, as tall as you're also very... Tall and built and... You have not hit more specifying uh, factors. Except for perhaps the sickness. We are rarely prone to illness. Well, <laughs> no, no, not like not like being ill, sick, but like... Well, I guess he was kind of ill, but... no, I, I mean, like... <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm looking for Helix. He, he's a rad slug blaster and, and I, I needed to get in contact with him. I think I had an opportunity that might really benefit his crew and hopefully might benefit me down the line. Um... I see. This is your friend? Well, not exactly friend. We, we've only met the once, but I, I guess we kind of got along there, even though we were in competition on, on opposite teams, but... I see. Um, and, and she just kind of looks a little bit like kind of parsing what you're saying. And, and she looks at you and, and they go by Helix? As far as I had heard... Well, I hope you can understand my confusion. And at this point, she turns around and lifts her ponytail. And you see the back of her neck has a tattoo of a barcode. And written along the top of the barcode is tattooed the word helix. And underneath is tattooed the word pinnacle. (laughs) Oh. This yes. is more complicated than I expected. <laughs> I suppose you could maybe go in and see if you can find this helix. Uh, again, with your descriptions, I, I don't think I could accurately identify them. However, there is a concern as to your appearance. And and now, Walt, I would like to draw attention to the fact uh, that, you know, you are wearing a dress shirt, a segmented tie. Uh, you have, uh, I'm pretty sure you've described your haircut as kind of like messy and sideswept. Kind of, yeah, like, 
uh, it's, it's kind of a, a cool, cool white bowl cut-ish kind of sweepy. He's, he's also got the the sort of dressed up fashion look, painted nails, uh, three sort of makeup triangles underneath his eyes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you are quite um, fashionable. And meanwhile, this person standing in front of you um, has a very tightly pulled back ponytail and a purple jumpsuit and um, no makeup, no jewelry. Um, th- th- like, that's the deal, you know? <laughs> uh, Lena... Uh, yes, David. S- since I am uh, watching over this with my omniscience aperture, as well as, mm-hmm. you know, my insight, uh, my intuition talks about, like, what does someone really want? And if somebody's vibes are off, uh, am I kind of clocking that something like, are they just suspicious of him or are they like, what, what do you think are their intentions with Walt at this moment? Do I have to roll or? Uh, no, I don't think I'll let you roll for that. Um, what I'll say is um, you're somewhere that you're not really supposed to be. Um, but this person isn't really treating you like, I, I guess is more like kind of confused, but you also get more of a sense of intrigue. Like they're really curious about you being here. Um, and, and Trev, I think you can maybe calculate from your intuition that, uh, this person may not be opposed to helping you. At least at this point, it doesn't seem like they are directly standing in opposition to you. Gotcha. And I'm standing off to the side, like, so they don't see me, correct? Nope. They don't see you. They haven't seen you yet. Uh, I'll give you one more thing with your intuition, actually. Yeah. Uh, you get the sense that... As they're talking to Walton, um, it's almost like, because, you know, uh, uh, Walton's trying to figure out where Helix is, isn't getting very far, realizing there's some, uh, you know, uh, not misunderstanding, maybe. um, But you get the sense, and it's weird because it's only been like a minute and this person seems very sort of aloof, but you get the sense that maybe there's something about Walton specifically being here that, like, maybe they like talking to Walton. Hmm. Ooh. I don't know what to do with that information per se at the moment. Uh, So, so once again, I'm just waiting to see if there's ever any sign of aggression towards Walton, because I don't feel like I can help him either. So I'm just here to like be his backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this person looks at you and says, "Do you want to go in?" I I feel like trying to sort this out by just discussing things out here probably won't get me any further. So I think I may need to. Then um, perhaps I can be of some assistance to give you um. A, a little bit of cover and and hopefully not rouse too much suspicion. All right, I. It's not it's not enough just to open the door and let me, kind of peek my head in and talk to whoever else is there. Is that not going to be enough? The people in there are currently a part of the Pinnacle Project, whether they are uh, assets themselves or uh, foster families. I believe you may stand out. But not to worry, I have just the thing. And then she starts, like, really matter-of-factly undoing and taking off her jumpsuit. 
she's wearing like a, a tank top and shorts underneath. Um, but mm. she like takes off her purple jumpsuit and holds it out to you. Oh, um, th- 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 thank you. Do you, do, do, do you want to, my shirt or something? Is it, are <laughs> we swapping or? Why would I need your shirt? Where would I be going that I would require a disguise from wherever you are from? I don't know. Sometimes it seems like these hallways might be a little cold. I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I just... <laughs> oh, I am, I am perfectly well adjusted to adapt to any temperature. But thank you for the offer and for your consideration. Oh, well, thank you for the, the, the suit. Um, uh, how does it look? <laughs> you look... Passable. Passable is what I've always aimed for in school. <laughs> ah, a joke. Ah, I we exceed all expectations in academic areas. <laughs> that I have never aimed for in school. I see. Well, um, with any luck, you will see your friend in there. Uh, don't take too long. They may, um, well, your uh, cover might uh, get blown, as they say. The longer you stay there. All right. Well, here goes nothing. Thank you. Uh, you pull open the door and step in. And where you find yourself is um, what sort of looks like a large lobby. And yeah, there are not too many people here. Like, it's it's like a not not super big space, I think, by Opera Raveland standards. It's like a medium room. I don't know. Medium room? Uh, <laughs> scale is so weird in Opera Raveland. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, Trev4 was correct. There were uh, uh, ten, now nine people in here. Uh, a couple of them just look like kind of regularly dressed people, and they're sort of like mingling together off on their own. Um, you get the sense that maybe these are the... Um, foster parents that uh, the uh, person outside was describing. Um, You never did get uh, uh, an identifier for them. Um, Yeah, so they're sort of like off in a corner, just like kind of chatting and like uh, sitting in some chairs and stuff. Um, The the doctor's office vibes, uh, uh, waiting room vibes are still very strong in here. There's literally magazines on tables. Um, And the remaining... Uh, I will say four people in this room are also all athletically built, um, all very like sort of symmetrical in their body and facial structure, uh, and like down to the haircut, just like Helix was, um, and all wearing these uh, purple jumpsuits. On the far side is another door, but this one doesn't have, like, handles or hinges or any, like, discernible way of opening. Uh, let's get a roll to see how well your disguise works. All right, all right. I feel like I have nothing that I can really add to this. Um, or actually, maybe I will... Take a dare. Ooh, can you describe taking a dare? Because I believe this is the first time it's happened in season two. Yeah, uh, so as it is out of the book, dare. You can get plus one d6 on an action roll, or plus one kick to an action roll, or clear one trouble, but only if you agree to mark one trouble, or let the GM take one bite, or let the GM introduce an extra problem suggested by you. Uh, And I think in this scenario, I'm going to go for the option where I mark one trouble to gain an extra d6 to the action. Sounds like a plan. And if you're rolling that on top of your uh, always rolls with two, that's 3d6 total. Indeed. 3d6 from the app, dude. Here we go. It's another six. Let's go. Walt is crushing it in (laughs) Web Tower. 
Um, so these other uh, four um, operablins that are clearly part of the Pinnacle Project, uh, two of them are, are engrossed in an extremely complicated looking game. Think along the lines of chess or go, a competitive game with moving pieces uh, that they are both like fiercely involved in. Um, one is just uh, doing sit-ups in the corner. Um, and one is in the corner, just like studiously reading. And you manage to get a look at all of them. None of them, unfortunately, are Helix. Uh, and though the the foster parents do sort of like look over at you, they kind of quickly go back to their own thing. And none of the other uh, uh, Pinnacle Project people uh, seem to pay you any mind as you walk through the door. So uh, your purple jumpsuit disguise has paid off. As Walton is uh, heading forward, uh, could he receive a phone call? Uh, <laughs> theoretically, yes, from you. Yes, because now that I'm noticing that he is uh, proceeding further uh, and like he's starting to probably like leave the range of my ability to see him. But I know I don't want to break his cover. Uh, I, I want to like maintain a line so he can call for my help. Gotcha. So like that I'm sending I'm sending a phone call because, you know, as he is my renter, I would have his phone number. And I could uh, connect him. <laughs> of course. Um, I actually want a roll from you for this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess this would still be under my hyper optic visor. So I'm just going to, uh, I'll throw an extra die on there. Sure. Yes. I'm just, yeah, I'm going with the 2d6. I'm going to be bold on this one. And it sort of works. I roll a four as my highest roll. Four is your highest roll. A mixed success. Mm -hmm. um, I will let you make this phone call and establish like an initial line of contact. And then I will uh, sprinkle in your problem after that. Uh, so, so first of all, what's your ringtone there? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hello? Hello, this is Trevor. I have noticed that you are leaving the range of my vision. I would like to remind you that I am here to protect you. I do not want to break your cover, but know that I can stay on the line. At this very moment, at this very, you can't even finish your sentence, Trev Four. Mm. You are suddenly tackled and knocked to the ground um, by a semi-naked operator <laughs> who was waiting outside and who just noticed that you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they heard me? Well, I suppose if... I think we've talked about as a robot, when you make phone calls, you don't actually necessarily speak out loud, do you? That's that's correct, yes. This is a complication of your mixed success, so I'm going to say that they were just kind of looking around, and they're like, oh, shit, a bright red robot, and then tackled you to the ground. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> my, my focus was on Walton, not necessarily on what was around me. Um, yeah, okay. As I go down, there's might be this, like, you hear all that... On the on the line and everything. No, you wouldn't hear that. It would just come on. It seems that I am in trouble. <laughs> Do not worry, though. I can take care of this myself. Trev, <laughs> Trev, are, are you sure? He, I, I didn't see him here. Trev? You're also going to take the slam of knocked. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I guess I have this line still out to Walton, but I'm here present and uh, this semi-naked uh, operable on top of me 
what are they doing? Like, can I get a sense of like, what are, I'm assuming that there's a bit of an aggression towards me. Yes, there is absolutely aggression. Uh, so she kind of like knocked you down and is now basically trying to like get your arms and pin them, clearly treating you like a humanoid, you know, like if, if she were fighting, you know, a, a person, you know, pin the arm so that they can't attack. Um, as a robot, maybe you have other tricks up your sleeve that she doesn't know about, but that's what she's kind of going for right now is trying to pin your arms down. I think because uh, I, I'm a bit of a ro- robot, I can kind of like swivel my hips and like it, they don't have to like, they don't work like nor- ordinary hips. So they're going to like uh, swivel around <laughs> And mm-hmm. uh, my knees bent backwards, and like try, I'm gonna like try to pull myself back up uh, to a standing position. Um, uh, I guess that's a resist, like some sort of a resistance. Um, although at the same time, uh, I'm going to be saying to her, "Please, I mean you no harm. I'm an emissary from the Kindred Tower. I mean you no harm." The Kindred Tower is currently not on good terms with Web Corporation Megatower. You are clearly here to spy on the Pinnacle Project. I can assure you that I am not. I have orders from the person who has rented me. A look sort of comes over her face and she says, I've been such a fool. You brought him here and I let him walk through the doors. And now that I see that uh, she kind of recognizes it and like, uh, tri- uh-oh, and uh, my hand opens up and I'm going to try to do a taser bolt. <laughs> Just a roll, <laughs> baby. Uh, okay. So this one, I'm going to just use uh, from my attitude. Yes. Uh, an extra die, uh, and I'm going to take a dare because now I'm I'm really in it. So I'm going to get an extra die. That's two trouble, right? For getting an extra die. Uh, one trouble. Yeah. Or you can give Lena a bite to use. I'll take the trouble. Okay. Okay. Three d six. Uh, that is a five. A five, a mixed success. Uh, describe attacking this person. <laughs> uh, so once again, these come out of my wrist, uh, or kind of like up through the palm. Uh, so I'm I'm not really launching this because uh, she's so close, but since she's right there, I just like uh oh, and uh, put it into like uh, the side of her, you know, uh, torso, and just like try to engage it and it might uh, give her a little, little bit of a jolt I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping to kind of knock her unconscious so I'm going to try, I'm trying to maintain it until she's uh, knocked out uh, so yeah this this taser bolt definitely connects um, uh, she's shocked she's rattled she lets go of you and stumbles back um, and I think the mixed nature of this success is you know, you're on the phone with Walt. Uh, you can sort of speak directly through him through your internal sort of communication system. There's no real microphones that's going into this. So Walt can't actually hear anything that's going on on the other side, at least not through his phone. But what you do hear on the other side, Walt, is someone crying out. Uh, Trev, as you attack, uh, uh, she cries out in pain. Uh, so, Walt, you hear this from the other side of the door, and uh, the, everyone else in the room also starts looking up like, what was that? And suspicion is starting to bubble up. Uh, but she's still conscious. For now. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to th- throw it to Walt. What do you do hearing this? 
Um, Lena, you, when you were describing the room before, you said there was one other door over the far end? Yes. I think in hearing this commotion, uh, Walt was sort of like, just as the phone call was coming in, he was turning his sights toward that door and starting to make his way toward that end of the room. But in hearing this, this scream and stuff and realizing that the, the particular helix he was looking for is not here. Um, <laughs> I think Walt is still feeling a bit unsure on the whole and just has to cut his losses here. They made it all the way up here, but the person he wanted to talk to is not here. He has to make a break and he sort of starts turning to try and leave the room and head back out. I think I'll let you slip back out through the door. Um, and, and whether, uh, uh, people start coming through is, will maybe be determined by this, this next play here. Mm. But yeah, you go through the door, you see the person who gave you their jumpsuit, um, uh, who you initially, like, made contact with in the Pinnacle Project, just getting relentlessly tasered, uh, by Trev4, who I assume still has, like, a pixelated smile on the glass screen of his face, though I could be wrong about that. Uh, yes, I, I, I think so. Uh, and <laughs> meanwhile, at the uh, same time, I mean you no harm. I mean you no harm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Trev, no, not, not, not this other helix, no. And I think I'm going to try and pull her back off of him. Ooh, okay. You know what I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. You're not going to roll for it. Mm-hmm. Um... Because I, I I want you to succeed in pulling her away. But what I will do is I'm going to use one of my bite to give you a slam. Because she's still getting tasered as you pull her away, mm. you get a, a quick current and then you're separated. Uh, so you're going to get a shocked slam using one of my GM bite. Uh, the two of you sort of like crumple on the floor um, and, and she kind of like slowly sits up and shakes her head. She she had sustained that for several seconds. Um so so she's a little bit disoriented. Oh jeez. I am sorry. I'm sorry for for my friend the rental um uh, Are you here to spy on the Pinnacle project? No, I I don't even know what that is. All I knew is the address that I found so I could come here. So you really are looking for your friend? Yes, I, I just, I really need to get in contact with him, and this was the only lead I had. Uh, she's still kind of, like, sitting, looking a little bit woozy, not really looking at you, just kind of look like she's still getting her bearings. And then finally she looks up at you and says, if you wish to deliver a message to Helix, I could deliver it on your behalf. But you don't even know which Helix I'm talking about, do you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> well, I will go up to each of them and see which one actually responds to the name Helix. We all have uh, numbered barcode sequences that we typically stick to. Either I will be met with abject confusion or recognition of the name. Uh, is, is her vibes off? Yeah, she got shocked a lot. So in that sense, yes. <laughs> yes, but, but she's not like, this is not seeming like some sort of setup, right? No. Nope, she seems sincere. Walton, it seems that she is sincere. All right. I I think it might be our best bet. Um, I think Walt offers her a hand up. And uh, the message I want to leave for Helix will She takes be. your message. You tell it to her. I and tell she her takes the message. She takes and she it. will deliver the message to Helix. And she nods and says... Uh, she, she takes the message and says, understood. And she looks at you and she says, do you 
have a name? I do. I'm... I'm Walt. Uh, Walton Wick. It is nice to meet you, Walton Wick. If we meet again, call me Sequence. May I have my jumpsuit back, Walton Wick? Yes, yes, sorry, I'll um, get out of that. It's, uh, uh, might be a little sweaty, though. The whole shocking thing was a lot. It is no matter. We often, uh, uh, partake in athletic, uh, abilities, um, in Web Tower, but better said, because I am part of the Pinnacle Project. (laughs) (laughs) Not a stranger to perspiration, I get you, I get you. And, and seeing that Trevor uh, has uh, w- once again had a, a great success, uh, <laughs> uh, finishes off. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this interaction with Kindred Multiversal Corporation. And then, like, <laughs> I walk with uh, Walton away. And with that, uh, we are going to cut away to Kindred Multiversal Mega Tower over to uh, Helix, Maybelline, and Brinley. The philosophy for Kindred Multiversal Megatower is expansion. Kindred's ultimate goal is to give Operablum a stronger foothold in the multiverse, with the purpose of eventually going off dimension and finding somewhere new to live, whether it's one dimension or multiple dimensions. Kindred values innovation, networking, and cunning. At best, representatives of Kindred are sociable, team-oriented, and adaptable. At worst, they are overbearing, invasive, and disloyal. Maeve, Brinley, and Helix. You have been told by Brabley, the Daibokin enthusiast, that there is a race going on through the floors of Kindred Multiversal, from floors 3, 4, 0, 2, 3. You make your way towards a lift, sneaking past a group of Operablins wearing virtual reality goggles and ducking around an abstract art installation to avoid a passing hover bus. In spite of your concern, no one seems to pay you any mind, and you make your way to the hyperlift without incident. The lift itself goes all the way up to 340 the moment you enter in the numbers, without offering any kind of resistance or security measure. It's weird how easily you can navigate this tower, in spite of none of you being from here. We join you now in this lift. As the hyperlift is just about to reach its destination, um, that we're, we're inside uh, mid-conversation, may I saying, I'm, I'm just saying, we gotta revisit the name. Like, I, I know we had to just go with something and make a decision, because, you know, we gotta, we gotta brand our crew and get ourselves out there, but I don't even know what tetrachromacy means. I can barely pronounce it. Like, Helix, I know you really, you were really uh, champion in that one, but but like, if especially if we're adding new people to the crew, can we revisit? Can we rediscuss? I'm happy to keep that as a as a tentative name. Yes, I wasn't uh, overly committed to it. Um, and and for your information, tetrachromacy is the ability to see in a fourth color. Uh, avian creatures have it. Reptile creatures have it. Uh, I, uh, as a uh, perfect specimen of of uh, the Web uh, Corporation's uh, many scientific endeavors can also see uh, in four colors. Uh, in fact, check this out. Uh, and he, he he pulls out his um, his his hard light hoverboard apparatus, the the apparatus that that can be formed into a hoverboard, among other things. Presses a few buttons. Uh, it's currently on his arm, like a little one foot by one foot kind of Captain America shield. Um, presses mm-hmm. some buttons, and you you all see kind of like you know like when when. Um, 
it's like hot on the sidewalk and you can kind of see heat coming up off the ground. It's kind of like you can see that there is light moving through the space, but there is no light. Like mm. you can't see it. Uh, it's ultraviolet light. Yeah. Um, but he's I assume you you can't see this. Uh, yeah, no, that's no. It, it looks it looks kind of wavy. Well, I've made a cute little bunny shape with my hoverboard here. I can see it just fine. I mean, if you like kind of squint and cross your eyes, like maybe you could you could perceive it. But yeah, I can I can see the fourth color. I can see ultraviolet light. It can only see four colors. I mean, like there's at least six. <laughs> Roy G. Biv, man. He sort of stammers like he's like, oh, you're so like, you're correct. There are six <laughs> colors in the in the light, the spectrum of light, but they can combine like he, he wants to explain this to you. And I think maybe this is when the door opens. As we're walking out through the door, as Maeve is muttering to herself like, oh, it's so interesting that you can see the, the fourth color. You'd never mentioned that before. This is the first time hearing of this. Don, not like you bring it up all the dang time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, all of you, but maybe Helix in particular, is gonna have a hell of a time in this space. Um, for a moment, you kinda can't make sense of the sights and sounds of it. Um, you have to, like, try to adjust your vision in a room that's, like, both dark and flashing somehow at the same time, and the sound is, like, this absolute cacophony, but also is, like, weirdly harmonious, and... After a moment of like, wh where am I? What is going on? You realize that you are in a gigantic arcade. There is very little in the way of overhead light, but it is made up for by the myriad of bright cabinet screens, flickering lights, and holographic athletes bouncing in place in fighting stances. Uh, Chiptune melodies, revving hover racer engines, and swooshing sword sounds rise and fall with no one game taking over the soundscape for too long. The room is full of people moving quickly to and fro, but you notice that none of them are actually playing any games. They're all in their standby modes, you know, showing you little demos of what the game looks like before you actually press start and get going. Uh, most of them appear to be, most of the people in this space appear to be crowding by the exit, and all you can really make out of the exit is that it's this like big gaping opening that is full of warm light. Whoa. Yeah, I think Maeve is just taken aback by this. I don't think she's ever seen anything like this in Lansden Tower, and is just kind of taking it all in and is like, well, I guess we got our pick of machines. Uh, I suppose uh, just through context clues, uh, whatever this Diboken event is, is uh, likely taking place on the other side of that queue. Salutations, gamers! Uh, and suddenly, uh, just like immediately right next to you is this like gangly robot with a metal head and a metal grin plastered on its metal face and just like speakers going through it. It does not have any sort of moving apparatus as it's talking. Uh, and it does like a very like windmilly sort of wave and says, Welcome to the Daibokin Dash! Are you spectating or participating today? Well, we were hoping to access a database of registered competitors. Um, we we wanted to follow someone we're a very big fan <laughs> Helix, of. You kidder! We are kind of undercover and not supposed to be here, man. Maybe don't announce that we're following somebody that's going to get people's suspicions up. Uh, oh, we're fair, here. Fair. To, Am I uh, correct in assuming you are following somebody? <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, just following the crowd to the Dabukin race. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of looks over at the at you said there's like quite a clogged up crowd of people around the doorway, right? Seems to be. Yeah. I think looking at that and seeing just like, oh, we are not if if we're spectating, we are not going to get anywhere near this race. Says all like we're we're late to this, whatever it is, and says, uh, participating for sure. Yeah. Are we are we in the right place? You are most absolutely in the right place. This is the starting line for the Dibokin Dash. Perfect. Well, uh, do we need a, a badge or a lanyard or something to get past all the riffraff over there? Or do we just kind of shove our way through? But of course, I simply need your name and the name of your Dibokin. Oh, we all, yeah, exchange looks. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, hello, my name is Brinley Zerk. My Dibokin <laughs> is, uh, named Brabley. <laughs> hmm, according to my database, Brabley is not a Dibokin. Would you like to add Brabley to the Dibokin database? <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just a little guy. Added Bradley to Dibokin database. Description, just a little guy. He's a guy type. (laughs) Normal type. (laughs) And the robot uh, kind of like, you realize it has like a big old paper printer just like attached to the front of its chassis. And it goes, and like... (laughs) That's the sound it makes. Uh, and like a number and like an eight by 11 number uh, uh, prints out and he takes it and, and hands it over to you, Brinley. All right. Do I just put this on my chest or whatever? <laughs> whatever. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then the robot turns uh, uh, to you, uh, Maeve and Helix. Ooh, ooh, okay. I got one. Um, Mine is, are you guys ready for this? I, my, my name is uh, Maybelline, uh, Maybelline Zandros, and uh, my Dibokin's name is Fanuckle Sandwich, because he's a Fanux, get it? Wait, do you guys have Fanuxes in this dimension? I, I forget. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> are they, she kind of looks to Helix, like, you, got, you know what a Fanux, you guys don't have I, a lot of wildlife here. Not familiar um, with that species, and I'm familiar with a great many species. Well, it's a it's a thing back on Tennis Spar, and it's a good pun, dang it. Would you like to add Fanuckle Sandwich to the Dibokin database? Oh, is he not in there? Weird. Yeah, yeah, update that for sure. You got old intel, my friend. Blech. And it just prints out another number for you, Maeve. <laughs> <laughs> and then the robot turns to Helix. Uh, yeah, he- Helix, uh, uh, impressed by, by your ingenuity... And, uh, uh, you know, sort of like commitment to the lie in the bit, but he's, he's realizing the hole in our plan is we actually don't have Dibokin to participate. Uh, and while I'm certainly not in the business of, of getting a new signature device, which is, of course, this Dibokin is Michael's uh, robot companion, his signature device. Um, to make this lie work, I, I feel like we need a actual uh, uh, Dibokin to compete with. So uh, uh, he looks, looks around for like a vending machine or maybe like a claw machine game or just like anyone selling you know, starter pack Dibokins, like just any basic, <laughs> you know, basic introductory Ooh. software or or whatever it, you know, however they're, they they manifest themselves. You know what I'm going to say? It's going to be like a combination of, you know how you can sometimes get prizes and they come in like little plastic pods? Yeah. Like a gachapon. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a gachapon. Uh, and, and like with like all the apparatus of like a convoluted gumball machine. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it also has, like, dials and knobs that you turn to try and, like, redirect its route so that you can actually collect the thing. Uh, and let's get a roll to see what you get. <laughs> sure. Um, so he, he he's like, uh, sorry, I, I actually realized I've, I've left my Daibokin over here. One one moment, please. And, and hustles over to a, a vending machine to, to get... You know, like a gumball machine to get just I the cheapest. I left it inside shit. this vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do a roll here. A four. A four. Ooh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, you you get a Daibokin. Um, and uh, tell me one thing about this Daibokin, and I'll tell you one thing about the Daibokin. Uh, sure. I think it's I think it's like a slime based Daibokin, which he at first is very excited for because you know Web Corporation loves their oozes. Um. So it's kind of <laughs> like a yeah, just like an ooze based creature, but also. Uh, it's it's a slime based creature and and on the the pod uh, its label uh, says Jellikin, G E L A K I N, and um, you open up the pod and at first you're like, was this in a sewer? Uh, and you realize <laughs> that it's like kind of based on like sewer slime, and so this like Tamagotchi esque device. Um, that, that can form a full board of its own. Of course, you have, you have a board, Helix. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this, uh, 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 Tamagotchi device just always smells kind of like a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> you got, like, the, the Digimon equivalent of, like, a garbage pail kids. Like, it's a novelty, like, it's so gross. It's a slime one that smells like poop. Yep, 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 yep. The back of this says Bibokin? <laughs> Or just like they they were giving away Pokemon cards in Happy Meals recently, and it's like, I got to imagine those aren't Pokemon cards you would actually take to a tournament. Um, Here's your Rattata. (laughs) And so I think this one, yeah, was just like, it's it's the Daibokin equivalent of a Happy Meal Pokemon card, where he's like, "Uh, this'll do. It's technically one of them. Um, (laughs) And maybe a a, a novelty one that has uh, stinky slime cooked into the the build. Um, It's got the trademark, and that's all you need. Yep. Uh, yes, uh, uh, salutations, uh, helpful robot friend. I've got my Daibokin here, uh, Jellikin. I'd like to register it. I'm sure it's in the database because it's a real one. And he like looks over at the other two. <laughs> it is a part of the database. My condolences for bringing a Jellikin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your name? Uh, you can, my, my name is a 1000 character DNA sequence, but you can refer to me as Helix Pinnacle. Whenever you're ready. Uh, 1-8-2-6-9-2-6-8-4 I probably shouldn't do that because I'll never remember it again Um, He's like, just just call me Helix Pinnacle That's fine Very well Uh, Helix, you do get your number It gets spit out and given to you Uh, And the robot says um, uh, Best of luck, gamers Uh, Remember, the first one to the top of the clock tower wins And whoever wins the race will get the coveted Data Surge Daibovice, which has everything you need to take your Daibokin experience to the next level. Please take your positions at the starting line. Whoa, whoa, uh, next level. Uh, sorry, I, I, my Daibokin is already pretty slick. So uh, what, what exactly do you mean when you say next level? Oh, it's all right, friend. You will get there one day. For you, it would probably mean you could actually project your Daibokin. But for others whose Daibokin are already projected, they could upgrade them to new heights of coolness, smartness, and strength. <laughs> are those the metrics that define the typical Daibokin? <laughs> also charisma. <laughs> Noted. 
The race is about to begin. Please take your position at the starting line. And this robot gestures to the uh, gaping exit of Warm Light. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, so one of uh, one of Brinley's other gears that I have is a hard light marker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says... This thick chisel tip pen lays down a stream of solidified photons. Pop the cap, select the color with a clicky twist ring, then draw with hard light paint that floats immovably in empty space and is about as strong as tempered glass. Mm. Useful for prototyping, temporary repairs, and innovative graffiti writing. Um, and what she has done is she has drawn a little stick man <laughs> <laughs> and given him a, a little hat. And yes. she is using her gravity beam, like her gravity blaster, to... Uh, zoop it around and that and that's her Dibokin. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> uh Maeve is not ha- has not put anything into this ruse. Uh, as far as she's concerned, we were met with no resistance and is just like, I don't know, you guys are real overachievers. <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I, I wanted to to just ask and see if, if Walt had registered, but you, you told us we needed a ruse, so I, I committed to the bit. I hey her really <laughs> he just sort of, he just does like a. Mm. No, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't mean to to step on it. Would you you're you're right. I just I don't know. I'm on edge. Like I thought I thought it was gonna be harder. I guess I, the the vibes I get. Y'all know I'm I'm new to Operablem still, and I'm still figuring out how this place works. But I don't know. Back in Lanston Tower, the vibe I get is is that we're, we're trying to trying to revitalize Operablem and and reclaim it and and. And you know, push back the fog for everyone, but it it, it feels like a bit more of a solo mission, I guess. Like we, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone from another tower wandering around, and I just, I guess, I just assumed that coming over here we'd be met with more resistance. But I mean, Helix, maybe you were right. That it, it seems like there's they're rolling out the red carpet for us. Uh, so you you make your way through the crowd of people who are there just to watch uh, towards this open light. Uh, You see along the starting line, many, many people. Um, uh, Some of them just appear to be riding on hoverboards, um, much the way that, you know, Helix theoretically could with his newly acquired gizmo. Um, Some of them actually do have their Daibokin projected out, much the way that Walt had with Scampykin. Now, none of them look particularly like they look about the same level as Scampykin, you know? Some of them are like little birds or, uh, you know, little lizard guys. Uh, uh, one of them looks like a, like a little lightning cloud with a little lightning crackling all around it. Uh, you do see Brabley uh, in the line um, with his Adderkin, the boa constrictor um, that was like blue and red with big black eyes. Um, but you don't see Walt as you approach the starting line, at least not from where you are. Um, And as you approach, you see why you kind of couldn't make sense of the exit, Um, because it doesn't just exit out onto a hallway, it exits out into fully open air. And then you look down and realize that in front of you is this massive network of like a dozen parallel escalators going down on a steep line. And it seems like these same escalators go down a long way. 
you could probably take this same escalator set for a while and you uh, can see from like markers strategically placed that that seems to be what you want to do. There are also escalators that run perpendicular above and below crisscrossing and making this network even more complicated. Um, up and to either side is like a big sort of like balcony area. Think like second story of a mall vibes uh, lined with people who are watching. Straight ahead of you is a big jumbotron that's like occasionally uh, close upping between the three, uh, not between the three of you, uh, close upping the various people in their starting position in the race. Maeve makes a beeline for Bradley. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, he looks just shrugs his shoulders like, well, uh, Brinley, I, I don't think we're going to find the individual we're here for, but when in Rome, let's say we, uh, uh, would you like to join me in this little contest? <laughs> Just try and keep up. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I know we wanted to find Walt here, but if, if we win this thing, we can get an upgrade that, I mean, it's it's not worth much to any of us. We don't have one of these little, well, I guess you do now, Helix. Maybe you want to <laughs> take it up to the next, but, but more to the point, if, if we have that, maybe that's our, our bargaining chip to get Walt to join the crew, right? I mean, we have something he wants now, or we will, when we cream these little twerps. Hey, Bradley, how nice to see you. <laughs> oh, hey, you made it after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just get my uh, uh, Davokin ready. And she's kind of got her hoverboard behind her back. And she, like, pulls, like, her phone or, or like, some pocket change out of her pocket. And just sort of idly, like, in her palm is like, Boop, 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 boop. And then she drops her hoverboard on the ground as though it, it has just appeared. <laughs> Did you just make boop noises out of your mouth? No, it was um, my Dabokin knuckle sandwich. It's a good pun. <laughs> I don't think I get it. You should get a Dabokin with a cool pun like Boa Constrictor, get it? Because it's kindred and it can Dabokin and it can constrict. I don't know what that is. We don't we don't have those in Thenispar. <laughs> I, did, I just decided now. <laughs> yeah, how do you like it? Well, it's well. What do you mean? You know, like you don't have Dabokin in Thenispar? No, Boa can whatever. Well, they're not real. They're Dabokin. Oh. Well, then what makes it a good pun? Never mind. <laughs> What's uh? What can you tell us about strategy here, Bradley? I, you're our you're our man on the inside. I need a, we're gonna need all the help we can get. How do we uh how do we beat out the competition? Uh yeah, well what you gotta do is you gotta go fast, uh be smart, and eat my dust. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Young Brabley, uh are are we competing in this uh event? Are the Daibokin or is it uh, sort of like a, a, a team effort? Like we're somehow yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, if you the like uh, the bond between you and your Daibokin is heartfelt and unbreakable, so it's kind of like you're competing as one, which is unfortunate for you because you have a Jellikin. I think it's like currently stuck to his hand. Like he's trying to maybe do like a like a Pokemon Go, like throw it down like a Pokeball, and it's just like kind of stuck on his hand because it's slimy. He's like. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I believe my bond is certainly unbreakable with this, as he like holds his palm up, and this like device is stuck to his hand. They say never work with children or animals, but this is all going great. <laughs> <laughs> no children or animals were harmed in the making of Quantum Kickflip. 
It would uh, it would appear then, yes, that we are, uh, uh, with the help of our Daibokin, uh, real or imagined, uh, we are racing our hoverboards against all these other competitors down this network of escalators. So, um, surprisingly, in, in, despite our lack of, of meaningful Daibokin competitors, we, we actually might stand a chance. Yeah, I don't know how exactly a little, little shrimpy guy or a slime ball or a snake, worm, whatever that thing is that Bradley I don't know how that's supposed to help you in a race. Like, Bryn, I've seen you move through Lansdon. We got this in the bag, I think. Especially with all three of us. Like, we're just hedging our bets. Yes, I don't see how this can go wrong at all. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. And everyone is scrambling and getting in the starting position and, and getting their hoverboards underneath. Uh, bing, dung, dung, and an air horn goes off and suddenly all of you take off down this escalator network. Meanwhile, Wolt and Trev 4, you have delivered your message to Sequence who has promised to pass it on to Helix. You manage to navigate back out of Web Tower, retracing your steps as you return to Trinity Municipark. Your footsteps echo in this empty park as you move away from one giant triangular monolith and towards another. Ahead of you, Lansden Enterprise Mega Tower looms. One message has been delivered. You have two left. Mm-hmm.